This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, hello. Welcome into another episode of At The Turn. Nick and Joe with you. We're going to talk heat. We're going to talk shaft length and doing it yourself. That's a very suggestive open, Nick. I mean... Let's let's jump on it. <laughs> let's let's do that. First, we have to give a big shout out to our guest from last week, Victoria Gailey, making what I believe is her professional debut in Pendleton, Oregon on the Epson Tour. She was scaring the top of the leaderboard there for a second, Nick. I was sweating her on Thursday. She got up as high as third place, mm-hmm. managed to gut it out, make the cut in her first start. She ended up Going T35, it was condensed to a 36-hole event because the wildfire smoke is disgusting on the eastern side of Washington and Oregon right now. And she made the cut, so big credit to Victoria. Please go back and listen to that episode. If you have not, it was one of our most interesting conversations. Your wife actually sent me a text congratulating us on that interview because she liked it so much. Yeah, she was she was obsessed with that episode. She was around the house, like doing some cleaning with with it in the in her uh, ear pods, and she kept like every five minutes, like, "Who is this?" She's like, I love her. This is such a good interview. So that was awesome. We were we were lucky to have her on. If you didn't check it out, definitely go back and listen to that one. She, Victoria right now is cashing a check from a professional golf event. Yeah, and it's 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 more than we cast from the Corner Club Open Silver <laughs> Division. So credit to Victoria. Very very proud of her and excited to see where her journey takes her. She's heading to Q School in the next couple of weeks, so um, please follow her on social media. Continue to see her journey and where it takes her. Before we do anything else, I want to remind you to please rate and review the podcast. If you do leave a review, let us know who you think is going to earn the most Ryder Cup points this fall in Rome. If you are the first to identify the correct golfer who earns the most points for either squad, Piper Piper Golf will send you a free box of golf balls. If you can't wait, use promo code TURN10 at checkout at piper.golf for 10% off incredible golf balls, lids, all the good merch they got. But please, rate and review the podcast. We really do appreciate it. We're recording this on Sunday evening. We'll do a full Ryder Cup breakdown, I would imagine, Nick, next week. Um, talking about who's on the squad, who was left out, the Justin Thomas of it all. Should be pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, God, golf golf drama is so lame, but like there's so much of it. <laughs> it's and it's so like, so true. Bryson DeChambeau hasn't gotten a call from Zach Johnson. And I it's know. like, you know, CJ probably should call him and, and speak to him. Um, but like, these are the things that, that we care about. So it's... yeah, let's, um, maybe we should like, during that episode, have mm. a segment of our like best, like overrated, Ryder Cup drama of mm. the year, like Patrick Reed flicking a tee at Rory McIlroy. I put that in the Ryder Cup category because because of the live and the Ryder Cup history and all the, the drama, the, the, the stupid shit. Let's just identify all of that in one place. You know, I coined a phrase for this that I've never heard anyone else use before. Mm. Yes. It's a non-troversy. So Ryder Cup non-troversies, that should be part of our Ryder Cup fallout it's not gonna be our preview the event's not for a month but we'll talk about who made the team and who didn't and then all the fake drama as you put it i thought that was really really well put it is it is all very lame for sure speaking of lame it's time for the handicap report not lame is who it's brought to you by that's blue tees get the number one range finder the three max from blue tees 
Water resistant has pulse vibration when you lock in on the correct target and a magnetic strip so you can slap it on the cart. Save 10% when you use promo code TURN at checkout. That's TURN, T-U-R-N, for 10% off any product at BlueTees.com. BlueTees, play different. Nick, how's the game? Uh, I played a round of golf with Ashley uh, one round since we last played, and my wife is probably my toughest critic, maybe besides myself. Sure. Very, very tough critic. She pulled me aside on like the 15th or 16th hole and told me that is it's the best she's ever seen me play golf. Oh, no. Mid-round? I mean, it was towards the end of the round. Okay. No, it okay. wasn't. It, this was. I, I'm not leading into some some crazy drama. I, okay. I went on. I played the last three holes, like two over. I made a fantastic par on the second most difficult hole, hole in the course. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and it was another 95. Oh my god! And I, I I tell you this because I just want I just want the listeners to know in case they haven't picked up on this, the, the 95s I'm posting this year look. So good compared to the 95 you're picturing in your head. There are pictures on your scorecard is what you're saying. I'm just saying, if you're not the one counting them up, it looks pretty damn good. (sighs) I'm sorry to hear that. I don't know if you looked at the 30-second review that I posted on Instagram, but I had mentioned, it's it's a Morgan City Golf Club. I played it last week, and I mentioned that there's a lot of right-to-left dog legs. And someone quickly commented, it's a hundred year old golf course that the people who built the golf course were lefties. And so they built a course for lefties to play the big banana ball. So I think nice. if you come out to Portland, we got to get you to OCGC because there's a lot of par fives with a lot of dramatic right to left dog legs. And if you just hit that nice fade, you're going to be sitting 175 out for your second shot on like three par fives. Love that. Yeah. And I got to say, I don't think I took, I think I won penalty stroke all day. I didn't, I didn't hit any of the out of bounds. One ball in the water. That's not too bad. No. Um, yeah. So, so we're getting there. I actually had another round scheduled. I was, I was driving to the golf course Friday morning and I got a, a, a tornado warning on my phone, oh but my it was like God. just slight drizzle. And I'm like, oh, perfect. It's going to scare away the rest of the golfers. <laughs> I get there, I'm checking in and uh, it starts, it starts raining sideways. Yeah. Wind is going crazy. And I'm, I'm going to wait it out because the tornado, Tornado warning expires like 30 minutes from, from now. And I'm like, well, I'm here. My clubs are here. Like, let's let's go. And like 25 minutes into waiting it out, the, the greenskeeper comes in and it goes, the greens are underwater. Of course, it's close to the day. There's, there's no chance. So, yeah. so I go home. And of course, the rest of the day, it's like 75 and sunny. And I'm like, oh, I, I could be. There. You can't tell me people are not playing golf, like in a two-mile radius from me right now. But anyways, yeah. yeah. I, I remain so confident and optimistic that my best golf is is like right right around the corner nick it is the handicap report i, I gotta i gotta hear the number it's 24 7 all day okay okay uh i played a few times i was able to uh lower the handicap a little bit i'm down to an 8.2 so i went from an 8.5 to an 8.2 and i'm looking at the card right now and uh, the rounds are in my favor where i don't have any rounds dropping off in the next four so i have the opportunity go. to lower it's it. about to be in I think I think I, th- I think I'm going to be in the sevens before we before we get done with the season. Go, Nick. Joe. I'm pretty excited. Now, do you have Do you have a strategy for like Do you go like Do you go to the tips and just try to get the max value when you're in this spot because you know like you can't hurt your handicap or do you just like play your game and let let the chips fall where they will? I'm actually just doing the former, uh, or the latter, I should say. Um, I am I am just playing golf, not really thinking about it too much. 
playing a lot of white tees, and I have to play a really good round for it to count for my handicap, so I'll just play a really good round. Um, yeah, I've had a couple 80s, 81s, where if I was playing back tees, the handicap would go down, but we're not worried about that. We're just going to take it one shot at a time and let the results go where they may. Uh, the putting has been unbelievable. Um, yeah, so I'm pretty excited about it, and we'll see. Fall is right around the corner. I'm pretty excited for some fall golf. I got some I got some tournaments on the horizon to wrap up uh, my tenure at uh, Stone Creek Golf Club for 2023. So, yeah, it's good times. That awesome. is, I'm glad somebody is 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 making this segment worth listening to. Trying to. That is the Handicap Report. It's brought to you by Blue Tees. Again, use promo code TURN10 at checkout. Nick, I don't want to spend too much of time on this, but I saw it on Twitter and I thought it was fun. You have 24 hours to make a hole-in-one on number seven at Pebble Beach. That's that little hole that you drop off basically planet Earth. You're hitting it into the Pacific Ocean. It's like 100 yards away. So you have 24 hours to make a hole-in-one on number seven at Pebble. No wind. No wind. Mm. Hole is playing 100 yards. If you make a hole-in-one, you get 10 million. If you fail, you go to prison for one month. Are you going to try to do that? Um. Okay, so a few things here. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. First of all, I... I... I hate stupid shit like this. Do you really? Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of do. This it's question just, is the premise so of this contrived. podcast. Okay. Did, what, did this was this from Golf Digest? No, it was it was some no. stupid meme account on Twitter. Okay, fine. Yeah. It, it's fine. I'll play along. Okay, I'll great. Along. Good. Um, it's a conversation show. It's a yeah, it is. I am doing it for for a couple reasons. Okay. Number one, the odds of a hole in one are are one in twelve thousand five hundred. So if you have twenty four hours. Oh, just did some quick math. Yeah. 520 shots an hour um, should mathematically get you there. Let's just divide that by 60. We're looking at eight shots a minute for 24 hours. Now that like, obviously that's an average. Yeah. Um, okay. So mathematically, you can put the odds in your favor if you if you can like be efficient with your with your game. Okay. Number two. Okay, you you would get ten million versus a month in prison. Like the the, the scales are not balanced. There, <laughs> ten million changes your your life, right? So like, could a month in prison? A month in a prison, sure. But like Martha Stewart did, did a month in prison. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um, and people would pay. Like, okay, so you go to prison for a month. You got to spend twenty four hours hitting shots on Pebble Beach on like one of the most iconic golf holes in the world. So. Like people would do that That's for a month, a in, month prison in prison, prison. anyway. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, plus, plus an entire day away from your children. Oh, that's is that? I'll tell you what. And if you're in prison for a month, guess what? You don't have to worry about <laughs> yeah. the kids for a month yeah. and a day. Hey, when you're in prison for a month, is anybody waking up at four fifteen in the morning? <laughs> you get time in the yard. You get a you get a workout. You'll probably get in really yeah, you good get shape. To work out. Yeah. Guess what? You don't get when you have two kids at home. Gym time. Uh, Nick is choosing prison over parenting. I love this. No, look, I think that the odds are in your favor given that much time. And the real reason, I'm Trojan horsing the real conversation in here, Nick. I had a conversation with Lacey. And could you make 10 free throws in a row if you had an hour to do it? Yeah. One time I made 24 free throws in a row. Wow, really? (laughs) Yeah. I said I could do it in 10 minutes. If I had 10 minutes, I could make yeah. 10 free throws. It's free, they're, they're free throws. Yeah, you could make 10 in a row. Okay, I'm going to do one more of these, and then I'm going to stop. Okay. A college baseball player, let's just say an average college baseball player, 
This mm-hmm. this was a discussion we had at the Portland Pickles game, so I want to run it by you. Yeah. How many errors would they make if they played 162 games at second base in the major leagues? An average college baseball player. Like someone who played average community college. college baseball player. Played, yeah, yeah, I would say, I don't know, an error every, I mean, it's, it's been a while since I've been in the stack game. I would say like an error every like three or four games. So I would say like 45. Okay. 40. Does that sound right? Yeah. That, that sounds right to me. The person who was <laughs> saying this premise said they would make nine over the course of a major league baseball season. And they're like, oh, it's second base. It's really easy. And I'm like, yeah, it is really easy, but. You still handle the ball a lot. Yeah, you still you still have to touch a baseball in Yankee Stadium <laughs> with huge men running around you. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so like 45? It's my guess, yeah. Okay, I like that. Okay, I'll move on. I'll move on. Boy, was it hot in Portland. We had... Wait, wait. Wait a second. What? What is, what is the... What does the bait errors in baseball have to do with making a hole in one Pebble Beach? Did, no. I, did I miss the connection there? No, there there absolutely is no connection. It's just the same oh. sort of premises and things that have been rattling around oh, in my okay. head. And now that I'm talking to my friend Nick, I just wanted to get them out and get, and get no, your no, opinion. No, no, I appreciate that. Yeah. I will say, too, I've I've hold out from 100 yards. It's right? doable. Like, on a in this situa- situation where it's a practice situation, you have a bunch of balls in front of you and you're just hitting shots, like, on a, you know... And it doesn't seem like that crazy. Yeah, in but the, in the course of a round, of course, it's a lot different because you get one ball and one but shot, right? And but like this isn't every a round. shot counts. You have you have the exactly. pressure. Ten million dollars are prison on every single shot. <laughs> no, you're just like I'm here for a day. I've got 23 hours and 59 more minutes. Like I'm just gonna hit golf <laughs> shots. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't think you're feeling the pressure until like the last, you know, maybe the last 90 minutes. And by then, like if you haven't made it in the first 22 and a half hours, like you're probably not gonna make it. <laughs> See, if I haven't made it in the first, like, 20 minutes, then I'm going to get super nervous. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, I'll get close a couple times early, and then I'll be like, oh, shit, I'm not going to make it. This is, this, I've got to go to prison. I'm just going to go to prison for a month now. <laughs> See, a good premise. Aren't, aren't you glad we spent a few minutes on that? Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Okay. It's been so hot in the Portland area. I'm talking, like, 100 degrees, 105 degrees. And that round that I talked about at Oregon City Golf Club, me and my buddy zipped around in three hours because it was like it had been 100 degrees and it was like 95 in the afternoon. I get in the clubhouse and the kid in there says, no one's teed off in the last 90 minutes. I said, what? And it was 2.30 in the afternoon. I said, what? It's like, yeah, the golf course is yours. But there's two groups behind you. So if you don't tee off the next 10 minutes, you're going to be stuck behind two groups. I hate that. So we, we managed to get out and we just flew. We played in less than three hours taking videos it was just really really nice and it just made me think of like once you get in the heat would you appreciate if you were in a golf cart that was air conditioned so it's 95 plus degrees you have the option of riding in a typical golf cart or one that is air conditioned and at first my thought is well of course you're going to go with the air conditioned one but after I was like playing the round while thinking of this premise, I don't think I would like my temperature changing back and forth constantly. I think if I was hot, I would just want to stay. And I'm someone who doesn't like being hot at all. Like I much prefer being cold to hot. But I don't, I don't think I would like the idea of going into a golf cart, getting cold for like 20 seconds and then going back out in the heat and just sort of repeating that cycle. Tony Romo has an air conditioned golf cart, which is why I'm bringing this up. He plays in Texas. Mm. It's very hot down there. I don't think it's that cool. What do you think? Well, I don't have a lot of faith in an air-conditioned golf cart mm. because but what do they have? Does it have like 
covers around it. I've seen like covers. Yeah, like like plastic cart. flaps. So yeah, that that just sounds cumbersome. Um, I'm sure it would be nice if it's like a hundred degree day and you get a reprieve from that every couple minutes. Um, I wouldn't be so bothered by changing temperatures. I just would be more bothered by like the process of it all. Mm, right. Like, sure. do you want to walk through flaps to go into your golf cart 72 times or whatever it is in the next three hours? Or yeah. do you just want to like jump in and out? If it's a slow day, I could see wanting to do it. But ultimately, yeah, I don't think it really interests me that much. Do you do you mind extreme heat on the golf course? Not not as much as most people. Yeah. Like, same. You know. Can it ever be too hot for golf? Yes. Well, guess what? It can. But uh, my threshold is a lot higher than most people's. So, like, I'll enjoy the thinned out course for a while. I won't be the last guy on the course, but, like, I'll be in the, like, last 15 percentile. Yeah, I completely Just agree. Bring a bunch of water. If you know exactly. the forecast, if you've got, like, one of these these iPhone-type things where there's an app that tells you what the weather's <laughs> going to be for each hour of the day for, like, the next 10 days, like, take advantage of that. And prepare. Like that's my best advice for you. Like, look, bring a bunch of water. Hey, put a put a jug of water in the freezer and, and bring it out there. Bring a bunch of sunscreen. You know what? And enjoy a, a thinned out course. They make bucket hats for a reason. I completely mm-hmm. agree. Yeah. Um, Nick, you you're you're doing some tinkering, or you're or you're, or you're going to be doing some tinkering. Now you're you're hey. you're going to be looking at standard length shafts versus shorter shafts. In in clubs. Now, is this the driver, the whole set? What exactly are you doing here? Just the driver. Okay. So we've talked about this guy before, Lou Stagner, the, the golf oh. stat guy on yeah, Twitter. He's great. And he posted something about um, you know, using a shorter driver shaft. Now basically the, the highest level version of this is like equipment manufacturers have kind of maxed out what they can do with the driver head and the face in terms of the USJ limits. So they're finding other ways to market more distance or whatever. One of the ways they do that is by making the shaft longer, which theoretically transfers more, you know, more club head speed, more ball speed, whatever. The problem is it becomes a lot harder to hit the sweet spot. And a lot of PGA Tour guys play shafts that are like an inch and a half to two inches shorter than what you and I would buy off the rack. Um, and so the golf stack guy is is basically bringing, you know, saying that you you can you can improve your game by playing a shorter shaft. And you should try it. And so that's exactly what I'm going to do in a driver. I am going to put a shorter shaft in my driver. And basically what I want to find out is, will I hit the sweet spot more often? Um, and how much distance will I really lose? My I haven't done this yet, so I have, I have no idea what's going to happen. My hypothesis is distance-wise will be not noticeable to the eye. I bet you on my stats, like I, I, I use shot scope so I get my distance. It'll probably be within three yards. I wouldn't be surprised if I lose three yards. Probably won't gain a ton of accuracy, but I probably I do think I will hit the sweet spot more. And the average driving distance, I think, could potentially go up because of the fact that the worst drives, I think, will be better. Does that make sense? It It does. The the premise is that you will gain accuracy, and basically the accuracy that you gain will make up for the minimal amount of distance you might lose if you shorten the shaft. Less things can go wrong with a shorter club, basically, is the premise. Correct. And I don't know if accuracy, like, 
maybe you, you gain some accuracy in terms of like left-right dispersion. I think what you're really after is consistency, like hitting the sweet spot more consistently. Gotcha. More control, I would say. Interesting. Okay, so how do you test this? You're just going to like hit 50 balls? You're going to play with both for a month? Like, do you, do you have a game plan yet? Yeah, so I've been going to, there's actually a um, uh, a virtual, like an indoor foresight driving range, like five minutes from my house. Oh, I've been going to, I've been testing a lot of, a lot of stuff there the last uh, couple months. So I'm going to, I'm going to swap the shaft out. I'm going to go there. I'm going to hit a bunch of balls with both. And then I'm going to, you know, do basically a head to head, like probably, probably 10 balls with each and, and just pull the data and see what it says. I love it. That sounds like fun. Well, we're going to get a full report, I would assume, and then not too just in the future. Yeah. My, my plan is to swap the shafts in the next, I don't know, I've been planning on doing it in the next 24 hours for two weeks. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> my plan is to do it in the next 24 hours and then give it a day to dry. And it's probably midweek. I'll uh, I'll head out there and collect some data. Well, maybe if you get sent to prison, you'll have time to actually uh, set aside some time <laughs> and do this. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Nick, this is very exciting. You, you suggested this and I, I, my grandfather, and this is all through my dad, but he was apparently famous and infamous for all the golf gadgets that he had in his garage. He would saw putters in half. He would have like the tin cup training aid things like with the, the ball that dangles off the, the lid of the hat, all of that stuff. I personally, um, don't don't train very much for golf <laughs> like i don't really practice that often i putt and that's basically it i don't have any sort of do-it-yourself stuff at home do you have any do-it-yourself training aids or are you going to make suggestions to the people or are you actually building these yourself so these are these are not things you need to build oh. for the most part for the most part so this i kept a list you have. I, I published a list of, of seven things that seven household items that that can make you a better golfer to okay? golf link so yeah, exactly. Nice. And a lot of these, like, I didn't come up with any of these. Like, oh. I'm, like you've probably heard of a lot of them. Okay. Uh, and I'll just run through them, and and we can go from there. So Cheers. the number one, everybody, everybody should do this, and probably most people do. Doctor Scholl's foot spray. Spray oh. the face. Spray the face. Whatever. Hit, hit shots, and you just get an imprint of exactly where you hit the ball on your club face. And I mean, sure, a lot of people can can feel where they hit it. Um, but a lot of people could also lie to themselves, spray the face, <laughs> find out exactly where you're hitting it. And if you can't feel it, hitting it on the center of the club is, it's super important. So just spray the face, figure out where you're hitting it, and then move that pattern closer to the center. You can do that with all kinds of basically aerosol sprays, can't you? Anything that will leave a sort of like white dusting? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I know that Dr. Scholl's is like safe, like it's not going to damage your clubs or leave anything oh, permanent. Sure. Um, and it also like goes like don't get anything that says like goes on clear because that defeats the purpose. You need something like sure goes on white, but like yeah, I'm like not going to sit here and sign off on like Crisco. anything you can spray go on here, you know, because like I don't want someone to pick up a can of spray paint and be like, well, you Nick said. <laughs> well, the thing that was in my head was like uh, vegetable oil. It leaves kind of a little residue, and maybe that could be something that you would do. Give it a try. <laughs> Next one. Oh, I'll pipe Next down. One. <laughs> Next one. Yardstick. Um, so this is this is an awesome putting drill. And you say you putt. You say you, you practice putting, Joe. I, do I would implore one thing you. I, practice. <laughs> I would implore you to try this. Okay. Put a ball on one end of a yardstick and putt it off the other end. Oh, it I sounds, love that. It sounds easy, 
it's it's not easy, but it's not easy to do like your first five tries, but it will only take you a few minutes to start putting it off the end every time. And once you can do that, like that will actually translate to the course very quickly and very directly. And you will start your putts online much better. Um, that, that's an awesome one. And pretty much everybody should have a yardstick in their house. I love that. And uh, folks, quit quit picking up your ball uh, three feet from the hole. Just make short putts, okay? Yeah. This is great practice for short putts. Always knock in your short putts. Uh, I, I love this because three feet, that's that's the danger zone. That's the uncomfortable zone. Yeah, and it's not just it's not just practicing short putts as sure. much as it's as it's getting your ball to actually go straight. Cause like you think you're hit putting it straight and it'll fall off the yardstick like 18 inches down. You're like, oh wow, that was it's not a good putt. Yeah. Uh, but if you can putt it all the way off the end of that thing, you can start a 40 foot putt online. Abs- absolutely. Yeah. It's just starting it on the right line. That's that that's the exactly that one, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one, bottle cap. So anything that's flat that you can stick next to the club, either on the heel or toe side. So basically, this is used to correct um, a miss. Okay, so you've sprayed your you sprayed your club face. You find <laughs> out you're always hitting it off the heel. Okay, you're on the heel side. Yeah, you'd fix that. So you place this bottle cap basically as like a guide, like like hit the ball without hitting the bottle cap, basically, right? So you're gonna tra- you're basically training your 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 strike to be more more to the center. So if you're hitting it off hitting it off the heel, you put it on the toe. Hitting it off the toe put on the heel, vice versa, um, and hit the ball without hitting the cap, and you should hit the center more often. So I'm a toe hitter, so that means I want to put the cap on the heel? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because I want to I – it's it's scary, man, because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to shank it at that point, essentially. But I understand what yeah. you're saying. I, I understand. Exactly. But yeah. you but the, this is practice. You're not doing this during a round of golf. No, so I'm not. It doesn't really matter. If, oh, so God. if you shank a few, who who really cares? Nobody. You've you've moved your strike to the heel, and now you just got to, you know, center it up a little bit. So exactly. <sighs> oh, boy. Easy for you to say. Who cares if I if I shank any? I shanked one during a round the other day. It was pretty scary. Just I hit my tee shot in the middle of the fairway. I was 100 yards out. <laughs> I shanked a wedge like 70 yards to the right. It was pretty scary. I didn't do it the rest of the round, but yikes. I digress. Yeah. Um, another one for for putting practice, quarters. Stack three quarters right behind the ball in putt um, without hitting the quarters. Um, and basically what this is going to do is help you strike the equator of the ball and you'll get a pure roll. Oh. Um, like if you if if you probably don't struggle with this, but like if you struggle hitting down on your ball and you're putting or if you like stub putts, um, this will fix that real quick. It kind of promotes that, um, that Ricky Fowler putting stroke, how he kind of lifts his putter blade, like right before he takes it back. That man just has the most beautiful pendulum, always hitting it on the equator stroke. That's, that's what I try mm-hmm. to visualize if I ever miss hit putts is doing that. But yeah, that's a great one. I love it. Yeah. That. Yeah. Just try that. Okay. Pool noodle. This is one that you you might not have in your house already, unless you you have some kids like I do. But I cut up a pool noodle and, and trained my swing path, and look, it works. So basically, you've probably seen those like training aids where it's basically like pool noodle sections that are like six inches long sticking up, and you can arrange them however you want, and then you swing through them to to train the path that you're seeking or the opposite path of your flaw. Sure. Um, so I set these up to train a little bit of an in to out path. 
and it worked. Like it, it doesn't necessarily like fix everything overnight, but like your swing path is what influences the curve of your ball. And obviously your, your club face has a lot to do with where your ball actually goes. But if you know which way your ball is going to curve, even if you don't really have control of your club face, you can at least start to eliminate one side of the course <laughs> and, and know it's either going to go kind of straight or, or come back this direction or that direction, which is way better than having no idea where your ball is going to go. Two-way misses are problematic, it, buddy. It, it is problematic. And you can do this one without a ball, too. So that's that's nice. If you're like, Nick, these are all great, but I, I have nowhere to, like, hit seven irons in my house. Uh, this one, you don't need a ball. Just set up these noodles, swing through your gate, and, uh, you know, you work on it that way. I love that one. Okay. Do you have a guitar pick in your house, Joe? I think I do, actually. Do you? And neither okay. of us play the guitar. There you go. So you stole it from somebody. Yeah. Um, okay. So this is for people who hit the ball fat. Okay. So what you do is you put the guitar pick basically right on the target side of the ball, right? So it's the guitar pick and then the ball and then your club at address. Does that make sense? I'm with you. Yeah. You put it in front of the ball. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Take a swing and just all you're thinking about during your swing is bottoming your club out at the guitar pick, hitting the pick. With the bottom of your swing. So this is one that I always do to start the season. I always like put like a leaf or something like in front of the ball or, j- or just like a pine needle. Just something just like an inch in front of the ball. And I try to hit the pine needle just to get the feeling of compressing the ball. Because for some reason, whenever the season starts, I find myself hitting the ball fat a lot. So I, I actually do do this one. Not not with a guitar pick, but with nature. Well, that's, that's perfect too, because it's so transferable. Like you, if you practice like this, right, you, when you go out to the course, you just look at like that blade of grass right there, or like the shadow of the ball, or you picture like, you know, the grass underneath the ball, whatever it, it's, it's transferable. You don't have to have a guitar pick to actually like focus on hitting the right spot of the ground. Yeah. I love that one. Okay. Last one. You know, those little felt like dime sized pads that go underneath the feet of your kitchen table so you don't scuff up your hardwood floors yeah okay take two of those okay remove them them from my kitchen table go on (laughs) well hopefully you have like a pad with like with like eight of them somewhere in a drawer in your house like open up that junk drawer find two of those stick them on your putter face okay basically leaving the sweet spot so surrounding the sweet spot okay one on each side of the sweet spot okay and putt balls Without hitting the furniture pad. Oh, whoa. so you're basically just training hitting the sweet spot on your putter, the center of the and putter. Yeah, exactly. Another like, if you can putt at home, anybody can putt at home. Anybody can try this. You may hit the sweet spot with your putter every time already. It should be the easiest club to do that with. You might be surprised how often you don't, and you might be surprised how easy it is to to train that and how much of a difference it makes on the course. Ah, I love those. Do you have do you have the list of just the seven items? Don't can, can you just rip them off without giving any context just the seven items real yeah. quick? Okay. Yeah. We've got Dr. Scholl's foot, foot spray, yardstick, a bottle cap, three quarters, a pool noodle, a guitar pick, and two felt furniture pads. <laughs> Sounds like something MacGyver can make a bomb out of. 
Yeah. And if that can't make you a better golfer, I can't help you. That's it. That's it. Dr. Dr. Nick Heidelberger. That's what he has to fix your golf game. That was great, Nick. Um, that was, that was a lot of fun. Thanks for that. I'm feeling happy. I'm feeling good. Let's get mad. It's time for the mad golfer of the week. It's brought to you by new sponsor, proud 90 proud 90 makes golf apparel for anyone who wants to turn things up a notch while on the course, softest fabrics, four way stretch and quick dry material. Proud 90s shirts and shorts are the most fun and fashionable way to stay cool on the course. Use code TURN at checkout for 15% off. That's code TURN for 15% off at Proud90.com. Because when you break 90, you should be proud. We're going to East Lake Golf Club, the site of the Tour Championship. Robert Giriano is our Mad Golfer of the Week. He says, quote, beautiful course, but be careful about parking even adjacent to the entrance. Even though there was significant police presence in the area, my car was broken into. The rear window was smashed and the vehicle sustained more than $2,000 in damage. Thank goodness my valuables were in my onboard steel safe. Do not leave anything oh. in a parked car. What? We'll get to it. Do not leave anything in a parked car in this area unless you want it stolen. Other than the bad neighborhood, the course is a classic and every golfing enthusiast should try to visit there. Nick. Do you know the combo to your onboard steel safe in, in your car, just off the top of your head, mm. if you have it written down somewhere? Ah, neither. <laughs> neither. What is mm. Robert Geriano carrying in his car? What is he driving where there's an onboard <laughs> steel safe? I can hardly fit my golf shoes in there. In my yeah. Car. I mean, I have to imagine it's like a smaller safe that is in the trunk. And then for some reason, he keeps valuables in there. And thank God he did. Because it would have been a lot more than $2,000 worth of damage. Yes. Um, Robert Geriano is your mad golfer of the week. Do you have anything to add to that, Nick? I just love it when people are – they review a golf course. They're the mad golfer when they have – it has nothing to do with, with the golf course, the condition, staff, the, the, the beverage situation, any of that. It's, it's the greatest. I just love when people reveal things about themselves when, yes. when leaving a, a simple review about East Lake Golf Club. With that <laughs> – it is time for Nick Rolls, brought to you by Matchstick Golf. Use promo code TURN20 at checkout. Okay, well, I told you I thought the premise of this hit a bunch of shots at Pebble Beach for 24 hours and try to get a hole-in-one was stupid. You did. Um, one, of the, one of the reasons is, is the Nick Rules in me. You can't hit 12,000 shots on a hole of golf and call it a hole-in-one. <laughs> Oh, you can't. Oh, interesting. It's not, it's, it's not. It's not a hole in one. It's a hole in twelve thousand. It's a hole in twenty four hours. You know. You know what I mean. And like, I do. A hole in one must occur during the course of a round of golf. Even if you were to hole one, you couldn't then just say, "Okay, I'm going to play the next seventeen holes, loop back around, finish on six, and say I got a hole one in Pebble Beach." Because that's not how it works. It's not a hole-in-one. You can't win this challenge and say, I made a hole-in-one at Pebble Beach. You can't do it. I have a problem with it, and and, and that's it, and that's your Nick rules. I enjoy that very much. I think that's right. Um, God, I hadn't really thought about that because it wouldn't be unless you make it on the first try. <laughs> Imagine you're ready to set up for a day and you just take one swing and you knock that bad boy in there. Even then, it's it's not – I know, I know I'm like, I hate not counting hole-in-ones, but like, it's still not because it's not the mindset of like, I'm playing a round of golf. I've, right. got, I've got to worry about this and that. It's just, you're still, you, even if it's your first shot, your mindset is still like, it doesn't matter what happens to this golf ball if it either goes in the hole or it doesn't. Goes in the Pacific. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, the the other part of that premise, which was pretty dumb, is no wind. They're just guaranteeing that there's going to be no wind off of the freaking Pacific Ocean. Exactly. exactly. And that is Nick Rolls. Now, I don't know if we're going to record after or before this happens, but do you re- do you recall? Oh, my battery is running low. I have to do this quick. <laughs> Hurry up. Do you recall when we talked to that golf course that was for sale? On the Oregon coast, or I talked to them, and we talked about how much it would cost to buy a golf course, like a few million dollars. Yeah. They're back open, and I'm playing there this weekend. I'm going to be what? the first person out on Saturday morning. Alderbrook is back open, folks. Tillamook has a golf course once again. They opened three months ago. I called them, and I scared the poor young lady who answered the phone. I was overjoyed that anyone answered. I got the first tee time off on this Saturday. I'm going to play by myself. I'm going to zip through in like two hours. I'm going to try to record a lot of it. That's great. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time at The Turn.